To be an effective salesperson, you need to be seen as a respected resource for your clients. The way to do that is to establish relationships built on trust, like over a cup of coffee with a good friend. So, let's drink coffee and make friends. It's what salespeople do. Welcome to the Drink Coffee, Make Friends podcast. I'm Mark Roberts. I'm the host of the show. I'm joined by Tom Coates, the director of the Center for Professional Selling in the Jones College of Business at Middle Tennessee State University. Welcome, Tom. I'm excited to be here. That is a mouthful of stuff to say. <laughs> Especially after trying to say it a few times, right? Oh, my God. Oh, hey, we are talking today about how to get the appointment, which is uh, critical for a salesperson, is it not? I mean, if you don't get an appointment, you don't see somebody, you don't talk to somebody, you're not going to be uh, very successful in sales, are you? That's very true. So it really boils down to how does a person who's out there beating the street get the appointment? What do we do to set the appointment? There's a, a number of different ways. You know, I think the uh, the one that most people think of is just that whole idea of cold calling. Just go stop and poke somebody in the belly button and say, hey, do you want what I have? Right. But uh, there's more ways to do that. So we're going to we're going to cover a lot of these, the telemarketing, email, direct mail. A lot of that's going to be covered in uh, today especially social media, which is one of those areas that is um, really becoming important for people to network and, and meet others. But how do we start this whole process with this idea of talking to somebody? Well, we've actually have already started this process. Just to remind everybody, we spend a little bit of time, probably more than you wanted to, on self-reflection and finding out your why, mm -hmm. your, your superpower, what's important to you. So we, we spent time doing that. And I, in the show notes, I, I can actually put the exercise in that. And then we talked about building your, your LinkedIn profile. And in that show note, there, there's a link to a, the LinkedIn builder um, profile so that it'll help you uh, connect there. We also have a, a template on the beginners for the uh, elevator pitch. So we, we've got the foundation. That's important because... Before we ever start going out trying to solicit business, we kind of need to know what on earth they're buying. Mm -hmm. And yeah, everybody knows that 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 yeah, it's it's not really the product that people typically buy. They buy the salesperson first. Mm -hmm. It's really important, isn't it? I yeah. think a lot of times salespeople don't recognize that the relationship that they have yeah. with the prospect is. When I was in pharmaceutical sales, mm -hmm. uh, it was relationships with doctors that really gave you the edge on whether or not they decided or at least remembered when two products were equal, which one am I going to prescribe? Well, I like the salesperson. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's the way that industry works. Yeah. And uh, this week, we, and I know that this is going to be posted after this particular week, but we're hosting a, a virtual networking event yeah, this that's week. Right. Mm -hmm. And part of that is... Each individual, I'll, I'll divide the crowd into uh, breakout rooms of five or six professionals per breakout room. Each person will have five minutes to tell their story. And during this time, they need to be telling the, sto the story of who they are as a person, what's their superpower, what's important to them, not their marketing material, not the stuff that I could Google about you. Because mm -hmm. I'm convicted in the belief that that I will do business with you first after I see what's in your heart. Mm -hmm. If you can't show me that, you can only tell me the stuff from your marketing slick, I won't remember you by the time I get to my car. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that that's important. And that kind of brings us to today. 
because we're the the approach that that we need to take is not what you have heard in the past. What you have heard in the past is always be prospecting. Yeah, right. Okay. ABC. ABC. Yep. And the truth is you always need to be connecting because you never know. Always be connecting, which it sounds okay. What's the difference, Tom? Mm-hmm. Well, it's significantly different. If you're always prospecting, you're always, what's in it for me? What's mm-hmm. in it for me? Mm-hmm. What's in it for me? It's all about People me. It's all about that. me. Yeah. Yes. It reeks. It smells. Always connecting is you're always seeking out additional people that you could either help or you can work with. And now you're connecting and building a professional community. You grow faster, you grow better. And it's not always about the sale, is it? I mean, no. you connected with so many people and, and you're linked in to so many folks, but it's not because you necessarily are going to sell something to them. It's the relationships that you develop along the way. And and the sales happen because of those relationships. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but that being said, there are several things that we need to talk about when we're talking about getting the appointment, earning that appointment. Sure. You know, let's go back to the LinkedIn. You've set the profile up. You've, you've set yourself up for people to, to do business with you. So you're set, you're prime mm-hmm. to do business. So let's go find people to talk to. What are some of the avenues that would go find those folks? That's what we're talking about today. And there's a, kind of a traditional way of just that idea of cold calling. Yeah, that's old school, nothing wrong. All right, with so it's a cold call. What, 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 what do you mean when someone says, I'm going to go cold call. What's that all about? Well, basically, it's cold relation. The, the the cold part is the relationship. I don't know you, so I knock on your door. I pick up the phone. I call you. You have no idea who I am. That's cold. Ooh. Yeah. I, my first sales job. <laughs> Boom. Walk, carrying a kit, walking down the street, um, door-to-door business sales. And just walk in off the street and ask to speak to the owner. Code call. And that certainly works, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It works. It's, it's um, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. That's not the normal reaction of people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it can be brutal. Now, would I want to do that today? No. But as a, a rookie salesperson, it's a great way to really learn your trade. My dad was a sales manager for a company once that uh, he was uh, coaching a guy that worked for him as one of his, his sales reps. And the guy came back to my dad one day and they were having coffee. And the guy uh, said, I had a dream last night, Ray. My dad said, really, what was it? He says, well, I dreamed that I died and I went before God. And uh, God said, well, Hal, y- you haven't been good enough to let into heaven and you haven't been bad enough to live into hell or put into hell. So what I've decided to do is to, uh, is to put you into an eternity of cold calling. <laughs> mm. It's like, okay. Okay. Purgatory. All right. <laughs> Interesting. Now let's, let's talk about this cold call. Okay. So the way that, that I did it old school back in the day, the beginning of my career it's just I would have a, a actual map and I would go down the street and boom, boom, boom. There was no strategy other than just canvassing the territory. Yeah. And that's, that's the only strategy was the zip code. But you can actually, if you have an established business, 
the really the best place to begin with finding who to call on is who is your current client. Mm-hmm. And you find that and you talk to those people so that you could build the persona of what actually is going to buy the product or services that you have. From there, you copy and paste that and you go try to find that in the marketplace. So this concept of co-calling works Mm -hmm. and everybody should Mm co-call because sometimes you're in between that that copy and paste Mm -hmm. and you find yourself with an afternoon of free time. Uh, Many salespeople go, hey, I'm going to go home and I got stuff to do at the house and do this, do that. So weekends are made for, you're still working, sir or ma'am, get out there and Mm co-call. Yeah. And who knows what you'll discover then. You might drink coffee and make friends. Yeah. You you pays your money, you take your chances. That's right. I I was um, working with this this sales guy down in in, um, uh, Chattanooga. He sold um, wide format engineering equipment. And I I said, have have you tried code calling? He goes, oh. No, like uh, dismissive, mm-hmm. expensive stuff. And that, that was expensive stuff he sold. I said, yeah, let's look at the list of engineering firms. That's a good prospect for you. And we did. It goes, hey, there's one right down the street. Let's go, let's go co-call there. And he rolled his eyes and we got in the car and we drove over like a mile down the road. We walked in. And walk up to the front. I told the folks who we were, why we were there. And the, the, the guy I talked to said, come here, come here, come here. And he, he got us in a side office. So this is strange. Mm. And he said, your competitor is here delivering a piece of equipment for us to evaluate. I said, okay. And he goes, they're idiots. I said, I'm really sorry you're experiencing that. Their equipment is not bad if you know what you're doing. And he goes, they don't. I said, I understand. Would you be opposed if I put one of my pieces of equipment in here and you could do a parallel study? He goes, you would do that? I said, of course I would do that. Now, I scheduled that before the end of the week. My equipment was in their building. Wow. I showed up. The other sales guy did not. I showed up to be there when it was delivered to make sure that it was set up properly, everything went smooth. Before the end of the month, my competitor's equipment was shrink-wrapped, shrink-wrapped, wrapped in plastic, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and shoved into the corner for it to be picked up and our equipment. So I'm looking at that that rookie sales guy that I was, Mm -hmm. I said, you never know. Yeah. That's the fun of co-calling is you, you you have no idea it's just like it's going to be soul sucking or amazing yeah my one dad, of the two my dad used to say um you know even a blind hog will find an acorn if it's out there rooting right? that's very true <laughs> very true so there there's nothing wrong with co-calling you can do that physically or you could do that via the phone pick it up make a few phone calls um while you're talking about the phone um yeah you need to make sure that when you're on the telephone, that you're you're sitting upright, not slouched or anything. You're articulating well because the cues that you have face to face talking with people, you lose those on the telephone. 
So yeah, telemarketing is certainly one it, of the aspects to make an appointment, right? It's really difficult. It, it's intimidating to me mm-hmm. uh, because of I, I just I'm self-conscious about my accent on the telephone, mm. and I know that's just stupid because I have a deep Southern accent. So obviously, it's a beautiful accent. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's I'm always been I have been self-conscious about it in the past. So telemarketing in the past was a little bit intimidating to me. So I would pick up the telephone and I'd make sure that I enunciated everything clearly. There was no mumbling of, about me. It was always clear. I always made sure that I had a uh, a bright demeanor. Mm-hmm. I even did the old stupid thing of having a mirror there to, uh, that I could look into. Also, I had the the one of those headsets where you could walk around when you talk because yep. I have well, a hard too. time being still. Yeah, me too. So the Telemarketing is, is a vital thing. Uh, I remember uh, as a sales rep for a decade, I worked for paychecks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, occasionally you would have to, um, even a veteran has to co-call telemarket. So mm-hmm. I would schedule a, a day or at least a half a day to do that. And, um, and I'm a little bit loud. And so after a session of, of telemarketing, I, I was walking out and there's some other people around. And I said, hey, I'm really sorry. I'm so loud. And I said, no, we love to hear you telemarket because we pick up things that, that you're saying yeah. to your prospects. So, mm-hmm. so never be afraid to telemarket. Never be afraid to hear, be heard. So telemarketing really works. Just make sure that you follow the good principles. Uh, make sure that... that um, you know what you're going to say. Make sure that you have a voicemail prepared mm-hmm. just in case they don't answer the phone. Know what you're going to say if they answer the phone. Don't freak out. And also know what who do, you're going to ask for when you're actually, somebody does pick up, but not the person that you meant to pick up. So, so if, a you're, plan. if you're leaving, a, a, I think it's an important point here. If you're leaving a message for somebody on a, um, on a voicemail, what advice would you give us? Okay, so I'm opposed to being sneaky mm-hmm. on all, sure. on voicemails. Well, you, if you're sneaky, then you you're already working on the trust aspect, right? And right. it's the trust thing that builds the relationship. So I don't like playing playing games. Yeah, I, the voicemails that I would leave would be my name and my company, um, and that that often I would say, hey, I want to talk to you about this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and but I would always have a, a follow up to that is, yeah, I will call you back at this particular time. Mm-hmm. Now I always did that because I would call back, and that way, if a receptionist or a, an assistant would uh, answer the phone, then I would tell them so and so is so and so is expecting my call. Right, and so that's the way I would do that. Uh, email email would be the same way, and I tell you as. We're really fortunate today to have Jet GPT to help us with our our emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really help scope out some things there. So so be clear on your email. Make sure that they know what you're doing and how to connect with them. Never always have a you know, a call to action on a voicemail or an email. Always have that call to action. You know, it's it's just like a meeting. You know, the result should be a yes, no, and next steps. So mm-hmm. always have that call to action. Uh, and then we go to networking via LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. You could network via LinkedIn because you could build your buyer persona there. 
and find people that fit into that buyer persona. Mm-hmm. What's really cool there is you can see who you are second connected with mm. that individual. Yep. And then you start selling through your colleagues and go, hey, Mark, I see that you're connected with James or John or, or um, Jody down here. Will you please connect me? Here's why. And so we have that opportunity to network via LinkedIn, which brings us to networking. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's spend a, a couple of minutes on networking, and then we'll wrap it up. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Okay. When you network, you are not trying to sell anything except a follow-up meeting. So you have one goal, meet someone new. So if you go to a networking event and you go visit with the people you already know, you're wasting your time. Yep. Meet someone new, hold a relevant conversation, earn a follow-up meeting. That's your sole purpose. You're not looking for volume. You're not handing out a a stack of business cards. Yeah. Quite frankly, if there's not a coupon for coffee on the back, I'm throwing it away. That's right. So make sure that you actually have a, a human connection. You actually spoke with the person to earn that follow-up meeting. And that that conversation doesn't have to be business. just has to be engaging enough to where you'd like to follow up. Yeah. Okay, so that's your, your goal with your networking. There are tactics, strategies on, on, on networking events. I was, I was um, recently interviewed on a, a local podcast, and we were talking about this, about strategies on how to maximize your time mm-hmm. when you're at a networking event. And one of them is, you know, if you know the organizer, to you know, get a list. Get a sure. list of the people yeah, registered there. at who's right. there. You don't always get that, get that, but if you if you do not have that, you get there a minute or two early before people start coming in and picking up their name tags. Take out your smartphone and take a picture of the name tags. That's that, a great idea. That way you know who's there. If you don't get the opportunity to connect with the person that you think is a good match for you, pop them an email, link in, invite, and go, hey, you know, Mark, I, I, I think you are registered for this event the other day. I didn't get a chance to meet you there. Hopefully you, you had a good time if you were able to visit. Yeah, let's, let's grab a coffee, and I'd, I'd really like to know more about you and your business. Mm-hmm. That's good business. You know, you bring up an interesting point because, um, as you know, the the Dale Carnegie program mm-hmm. has been embedded into the MTSU uh, Jones College as a mandatory class. Yes. That all came about as a result of a networking event like this. Yep. Uh, in, in Murfreesboro, the franchise owner was attending, got there early, which mm-hmm. I think probably would, would be a, a good... Um, standard operating procedure, right? Yeah. But he got there early and uh, got some coffee and there was only one or two other people there and one of them happened to be getting coffee at the same time and they started up a conversation and come to find out that person was here at the Jones College. And when he found out that uh, that Alan had uh, was working with Dale Carnegie, he said, don't go away. Yeah. And he went back and got the dean uh, and they connected after the meeting and that led to the discussion. And here we are... Uh, embedded into the program here, all because somebody attended a networking event and asked questions. And this is the only university in the nation that has that relationship with Dale Carnage, right? As a mandatory class. Yeah, absolutely. Which is phenomenal. Now, uh, 
I have a um, a, a ebook on networking that I'll, I will put a link to that in the show notes. Oh, for good. It. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 a quick, easy read, but it has some best practices there, mm-hmm. some strategies, some little tips. Yeah, silly little things like, Mark, where should you stand at a networking event? Mm, probably near the door, entrance, exit. Close. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's there's almost always beverages. Ah, uh, yeah, or yeah, stand next to the where they're going to go. Right, it's a watering hole. You stand between the door and the beverages, <laughs> but not so close to the beverages to where you get caught up in the line. But the entire room pass passes by. Almost you. like a receiving line. How I, so that way not the room works idea. you. Yeah, yeah. The, the, so, the room works you. Yes. That's and, a great way to think. And, of it. and they're so cool. There's so many different things that you, how do you stand at a networking event? There's so many things. And, you know, we, we do these um, training seminars with the, um, with the program here to where we, we can set that up. If you have a, a group that you'd like us to come talk to and, sure. and do those best practices, I actually have an opportunity coming up to where I can do a training session with the military recruiters to coach them on how to do some of these things. Yeah, it was one of my, my next questions cool. was, how do somebody listening to this that says, wow, you know, how do, I, how do I learn some of these techniques? What are some of the things, if I wanted to go deeper into this, what suggestions might you have for them? Yeah, well, I try to provide as much collateral stuff in the, in the show notes as I can. Sure. But also, if you'll just reach out to, to me here at the university, uh, uh, T-H-O-M, Tom, I know that I misspelled Tom, tom.coats at mtsu.edu. It's actually uh, the right way to spell it, isn't it? I mean, Thomas is Thomas, Tom. yeah, right. Yeah. So, so uh, I'd love for you to um, uh, reach out. We could set up a, a, an opportunity for your group. Uh, connect with me on, on, on LinkedIn. You're kidding. You're on LinkedIn? Oh, yeah, buddy. We also have the um, MTSU Center for professional selling mm-hmm. uh, LinkedIn group. Mm-hmm. And in, in that group, I, I try to provide, um, you know, more behind the, the um, curtain type stuff for that that group so that, and there's also, you know, folks that would, and the goal there is to really help each other, you know, develop. So we have opportunities we could really help out if just reach out. So if we were looking at putting kind of a bow on this whole idea of um, getting an appointment, the appointment generator techniques and, and whatnot, what would you say would be the lasting thought that we should be focused on? If you do not network, I'm do not prospect, you'll go hungry. You'll never hit your number as a salesperson if you do not go out there and connect with humans and prospect. There, There's no... There's no just waiting on it, and there's nobody else's fault if you don't do this. Yeah, you know, some of some positions out there, sales positions, yeah, you know, they have marketing will deliver them a list, and they're supposed to work that list. Uh, sometimes they have, um, you know, lists that's provided by their manager. Those type of things. Those things are wonderful. That's great. Do it. But there's always that little bit of downtime here and there, opportunities that you have a gap in your schedule. Instead of rearranging your files, 
instead of going home early or having a later lunch or longer lunch, spend that time cold calling. Spend that time at a networking event. Spend that time meeting new human beings because things happen when you meet a new person. It opens up an entire new world to you just with that one connection. Really true. And it's a great way to sum up what we're talking about uh, today because uh, getting an appointment and to secure meetings, building relationships, all starts with our activity in initiating that. Uh, if we don't initiate it, then what we are is just getting lucky that somebody says, hey, I want to talk to you about something. Those are gimmies. That'll happen. Oh, yeah. But a salesperson's job is to go out and make those things happen as opposed to just waiting for it. Uh, kind of like the guy that uh, shot an arrow in the woods and said, man, I hope something runs into that because I'm hungry, right? <laughs> uh, and, and a salesperson has got to be much more purposeful than that. So uh, good advice. I'm sure that uh, if you want to dig in deeper, you can reach out to Tom at the university, uh, drop him an email, uh, find out more about what uh, the university has to offer to businesses in understanding some of this uh, even more so. But the next time we get together, Tom, we're going to talk about breaking down barriers, how to overcome communication obstacles and connect with your customers, which I know is uh, one of the key things that salespeople are looking to do. But you'll have to join us for the next one to find out about that. So uh, as salespeople like to do, we like to drink coffee and make friends. That's what salespeople do. This has been Drink Coffee, Make Friends. It's what salespeople do. A resource brought to you by Middle Tennessee's Jones College of Business's Center for Professional Selling with Tom Coates. I'm Mark Roberts.